So welcome to today's MTD podcast. Uh, we've got a special edition today. We're at DMG Mori at their headquarters in Coventry. Uh, I'm with uh, Mark Dedman from MTD CNC and Steve Finn, the managing director of DMG Mori, with me today for this podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Jones, the uh, managing director and founder of MTDCNC.com. Uh, firstly, um, Mark, you're obviously a director of the company as well and excited to be involved in this podcast. You do a lot with the guys here at, at DMG Mori. Uh, some of the topics we're going to be covering today include uh, the finance offering, which is quite unique from this business, automation and digitalization, which is, is, is always a hot topic, um, certainly in industry at the moment, and some new products, the entry-level machine introduction from DMG Mori. But firstly, welcome to the show, gentlemen. We'll start with yourself, Steve. For those that um, uh, don't know you, could you maybe give us uh, 30 seconds on, on, on your position here at DMG Mori and your, your history? Yes, good afternoon, guys. Um, I started life in machine tools uh, quite a few years ago uh, in a company called Tarex Berger, which was the dealer for Hitachi Siki. Um, they shortly got, after a while, they got purchased by Itachi Siki and then Itachi Siki got purchased by Mori. And in recent years, DMG Mori have come together as one company. So something like about 37 years service um, with several masters. Um, the, I started actually as an application engineer on machining centres and they weren't quite as complex as they are today, but we, we had some some pretty good stuff, pretty smoky stuff. Um, going through to technical sales in the showroom, um, then moving on to an area, selling an area, and results show that I actually was very successful and, and I had a really good time. Um, and then I was offered the job at uh, Itachi to become the national sales manager, which was a bit, well, I've got a nice job here actually, and... Selling is actually quite good fun and, okay, I'll give it a crack. Um, and we moved on. Um, we then became part of the Pollard organisation, which was the interim between Itachi and, and Moray. And um, I was fortunate enough to be given the same position there. And then when Moray um, purchased uh, all of Pollard's uh, business and carried on working direct, um worked on as uh, Vice President of Sales or something, of that grand title, and then to become MD at uh, Mori. Uh, when we became DMG Mori, um, there's only one position for an MD. There's lots of companies that got joint MDs, and I don't think it was really the right thing for this company. So um, I carried on in the role of MD, and, uh, and I'm there today supporting the operations, supporting a company that runs just over 100 people. Um, we, we have um, lots and lots of different customers, lots and lots of different industries. And I'm particularly, which we may touch on later, particularly keen on educating young kids into the, into the industry. And a young kid came to the showroom the other year um, and said, uh, how long have you been here, mate? And I said, mm, about 35 years or something. You must be so bored. <laughs> you know? And I went, pardon? I said, I said, actually, do you know what's involved in engineering and manufacturing in general? And I said, I've had some bad days and I've had some really, really great days. I've never, ever been bored. It is so interesting. There is such a variety of stuff that you can learn or see, do. Um, and that's what keeps me going, really. 
and Mark, you've known Steve for many, many years, haven't you? Um, you've you've worked alongside him, certainly along DMG Mori. Uh, mm. It is quite a quite a, a unique business in a lot of senses, isn't it? Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, I met Steve on a on a golf uh, weekend with clients um, uh, when when Steve was with I think Atachi at the time, and uh, you know the machines were top notch then, weren't they? You know, in relation to other machines. And uh, certainly couldn't keep up drinking, but I did help his customer get, get him back to the hotel room, actually. So that's where our friendship started. But, you know, I really enjoy working with the guys here uh, in the UK and also globally as well. But the, the one thing I can say about Steve is, you know, when you got it right. Good, good. <laughs> and, and, and taking that 10 while, Steve, that's a long period of time. What's, what's changed? What, let's maybe hone in on a couple of things that have really changed in industry in that period of time, do you think? Wow, communication is so different today as it was years ago. Um, you know, the the availability of, of of information is there at people's fingertips. And um, I don't know if people watched the little LinkedIn uh, video the other day about an American making a cup of tea, an American lady making a cup of tea, putting the water in the microwave and then pouring a load of milk in, then pouring sugar in and then putting the tea bag in. And nobody could actually make out if it was... Um, if it was a bit of a joke or not. But the reality behind it was, don't always believe what you see on the internet. Very, very true. But the information is there mm -hmm. and people can make their minds up. Um, technology has moved on at amazing paces from a point of not just the automation, but the way the machine performs. You know, working to microns, you know, and um, it, it, all day long, really, really demanding. I think we've had enormous amount of um, competition from overseas, UK manufacturing. That's caused um, some good things, some bad things. Um, we've we've now in a, a very very global uh, position, and we've got to be competitive. So we see ourselves in a, a totally different world. Um, and selling equipment today it is difficult. It's 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 not an easy task. Um, people doing it have to have a lot of resilience. And the customers have to pick the right machine to make sure they make the right money. Why has that changed, do you think? Why has it become harder? Um, you know, is it because there's more competition, uh, less demand? Or what, what's some of those reasons, do you think? Well, there, there is less demand in the UK, unfortunately. And um, let's pray and hope that this um, coronavirus will bring about more strength of manufacturing in the UK um, rather than sending stuff overseas. But... I think the demand has been has been very different for customers. The competitiveness is very very open. Um, information people people are demanding. They know what they want. They know how they're going to get it. Um, and if you don't play to the tune, you're sunk. Do you think I, I, I um, quoted this to somebody the other day talking about how people do their research now? And this isn't by any means me trying to. Um, subtly promote what MTD does. But in the days when I used to sell machines, you used to knock on six or seven doors a day, maybe, maybe even more, depending on um, where you were. And people were quite hungry for you to come in and show you the brochure, talk through the machine specification, and they were trying to do their research with you, um, you know, whilst you were there. Nowadays, I think that, that what happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, you may take a phone call from someone that will say, Oh, by the way, Steve, I've seen this, you know, DMP70 machine and I've seen the the, the the robot on the side of it. I've seen that it's got a 24,000 spindle, a, you know, nice action on the table. Um, but what I really need to know is 
what I didn't see is what the tolerance it holds is. And really what the question that guy is asking is that, well, what he's saying is he's done done a lot of his research already. He thinks he knows pretty much everything apart from one or two things. Is that quite common? Yeah, it can also be very dangerous because, um, you know, when I go and buy something that's a few more quid than you'd normally spend, I generally act a little bit dumb and say, take me from the beginning. Take me through all of this because there are certain things that people read and see and hear that are not always correct. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But um, customers are a lot more demanding and you would think that the DMG Mori name or the brand itself gives people the confidence. Well, that's not the case. That, that, that's not the case for anybody's product. Nobody's product has got the right to have that branding that says, I am, you know. Not even the Googles and, and these kind of people. So you have to prove it to these guys. And hence we got a showroom. We would do cutting trials. We would do tests. We would show repeatabilities with things like ball bar testing and uh, laser testing. Um, all of these things are highly demanding. And we go back to these microns you're working to. It's really, really tight. Quite interesting, Paul. You just reminded me of a podcast I heard a few uh, quite a few months ago, actually, when you were talking about your time and someone was saying, actually, you were the best salesman at DMG Mori. And I appreciate you using the word Mori, but you're not. <laughs> and he, I was. <laughs> and he didn't use to knock on seven people's doors a day. I can't well, see that. I, it suddenly reminded me, that's why he wasn't, because seven people, is that all he did? In the day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid so, Steve. Yeah. Hey, what did you do in the afternoon? <laughs> and don't forget, there's still time for me to become that number one salesman, Steve. Yes. You, you never quite know. Um on the point of your customers, which is ultimately the satisfaction of them is the most important thing for you. Mark, you talk to a lot of uh, Steve's customers or DMG Morris customers up and down the country. What's the general feedback you get from the technology that they offer? Um, I, I think the relationship comes in straight away. You know, it's a relationship with the technical sales uh, representative or directly with Steve. Uh, I think that's key. Um, you know, listening to, you know, exactly what they're trying to achieve. And maybe they're thinking about one concept, but, you know, the portfolio of products that DMG Mori can actually offer. But, you know, a great example, for instance, uh, I know we're going to talk about this, is is um, myself and Gio visited uh, Brown and Holmes. And Brown and Holmes haven't been a, a DMG Mori uh, user. Uh, however, with the flexibility of the unique finance uh, options that these guys can actually offer, um, Kevin, the MD, decided to go down a road of uh, 75 monoblocks, Steve, wasn't it? And uh, effectively, he, he couldn't afford that machine. He was looking at a much lower spec machine so he's really sort of future proofed his business and was saying look I'm, I'm looking to add another one at the end of the year okay well then this is interesting because coming up in the show as i mentioned at the start we're going to be talking about automation and digitalization uh, and the new entry level machine offering that dmg mori offer but one of the topics was going to be the finance so this is probably a good time to, to talk about that steve talk us through and, and and maybe walk us through from the start why the finance is so important to the customer, but what you do here to hold their hand to make it even, you know, even better for them as a uh, as a commercial solution. Yeah, commercial solution is is vitally important. But the first thing that we must get correct and must get right is the technical solution. So we get the technical solution right, then we talk about the commercials. Some while ago, Dr. Mori um, experienced um, quite a negative um, issue with a finance company on an operating lease with a company inside Europe, one of our customers. 
And he was pretty shocked by how the finance company had treated um, treated the customer. So he decided that he was going to start setting up his own finance situation. And that was quite quite a few years ago now. So today we operate DMG Mori Finance as our own book. So we're not backing it off as, um, say, for example, a, an M&S card. An M&S card you, you go and get and it's backed off by one of the major banks somewhere or one of the major clearing houses. This is our own money. So we're not talking to another finance company. So our choices are how do we invest into the customer so we have a technical solution. How can we invest into the customer to make sure that he can actually produce parts on a machine either to the specification that he needs or, as you said just earlier there, Mark, to future-proof it? So DMG Mori Finance runs independently to DMG Mori. Um, it's got its own um, set of directors, its own auditors, um, its own rules and regulations, but it's driven by the fact that we, as DMG Mori, want to invest in the customer. We want the customer so he can invest. So a great, great situation. We've got in the showroom um, CTX, which is a multitasking machine with a robot, and um, that's been sold to a sole trader, so a, a, a new startup. Uh, a guy who's going to operate on his own, and the robot is going to be his mate. It's going to be his companion. It's going to be the person that actually makes the bits while he's away programming something else. We have financed that guy right all the way down the line. And, you know, that shows you the strength of what we would do because we believe in this customer. Um, perhaps his set of accounts weren't really where they would like to be um, as a startup situation, and he certainly couldn't show them to a bank. So we've got a very, very strong opportunity here to say, okay, well, there's the technical solution. We can now offer the financial solution. We have a guy called James Clist who works for us full-time now um, to actually drive the finance through uh, and make sure that the customer gets the best tailored package. There's a number of packages that we put out there, and typically we say you can have, um, uh, have the machine now, pay for it in six months' time, um, we could do maybe a slow start. Maybe some people want to actually lease it for a year and then turn it into a purchase through their group. Um, there's all sorts of things we can do, and we have the flexibility to do it. And how much has this changed the business then, Steve, for you? Oh, it's tremendous. Last year, I think there was probably, I would say, 25% of our business that we took um, we would never have got if we didn't have the finance because we... They couldn't get finance somewhere else. One particular customer over the last few years has bought 20 machines. It, he, it's unlikely that he would get finance from another company. I, I was going to say that, Steve, actually, because uh, when you look at the, the, the spectrum of, of, of how you've actually released these machines, you've got the, you know, the CTX in the showroom there going to, going to your startup company, but uh, you know, that, that company you, you're mentioning I visited, and uh, you know, they've got over 20 machines now within, what, it's three or four years maybe? Yeah, it's quite, quite, quite a high investment. One of the other things that we can do is that we know the residual value of the product. You know, why do you see so many Mercedes and BMWs and Audis in the road these days? You know, and I think someone spoke about a while back about the Ford Mondeo when it first came out. You know, and I think there was uh, 370,000 cars a year being purchased or something of that ridiculous nature. And today there's something like about 16,000. So they're stopping the Mondeo. 
because the residual value of a Mercedes and a BMW and an Audi is high. Mm. So therefore the monthly rentals are low. Mm. And that's exactly what we've done. We know that the residual value on our product is worth up to 30, even some cases 35%. And therefore we can put that residual value against a monthly figure and make sure that our figure is actually lower. So we can sell a machine, as in the case of Brown and Holmes, mm. we can sell a machine that has a, a higher list price but a cheaper monthly price. And doesn't add up, does it? It, it, it? it doesn't, but it's quite a compelling sales argument, isn't yeah. it? Um, how do you try and get this message to people? Do, do you often have people saying, well, yeah, I, 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 I don't believe that. You know, how can I have a DMG Mori? Surely you, it's out of my league. I can't afford one of those machines with a robot and all the rest of it. Must be, must be as nice as it is to have, it must be sometimes quite frustrating because you think, why didn't he buy one of mine? I could have maybe done a better price or... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't supply the whole world, but it it's... It comes back to what you were saying about relationships, Mark. You know, it's important for the sales guys to have the relationship, and not just the sales guys, but all the technical guys as well, to have the relationship with the customer so they can come back and, and either purchase again or, or first time. Something like uh, 35% of our business last year was new business. Pretty high. I can, I can see Paul's eyes lighting up. He think, thinks, you know, if I, if I would add that back in my day, maybe I was the best salesman. I could have done less calls in as well, couldn't I? I wouldn't have had to have done seven. Well, you did anyway. Times. You said seven, seven, but you only put three down, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast at this time to uh, to talk to the guys here at DMG Mori about their, uh, the commercial support that they can offer across the board on their machines. Hopefully that's whet your appetite. Uh, moving on, um, I want to touch now on automation and digitalization. Of course, the Mac event did happen in April this year, but it was a big focus for you. We've been on uh, on your shop floor today looking at some of the machines and there's lots of machines that have been, um, you know, kitted out for the unmanned run. And of course, with that comes the digitalization of, you know, industry 4.0 and all of those factors. This is a big theme, isn't it? It's going to become even more imperative for manufacturers to get involved now, isn't it, Steve? Even though we're a bit behind the curve in the UK. Yes, we are a bit behind, I'm afraid, because when I see some of the results of what's been happening inside Europe, and particularly more progressive places like Germany, we are behind. So we have to pull our socks up if to, be, to become competitive. Um, but there's every availability to do that. So things like our net service, which is remote diagnostics, um, has proven you know great in these environments. You know, people that can't accept people in to see what what's happening with the machine. So we cannot send a service engineer in because they've got COVID um, rules and regulations everywhere. Um, we've been able to link in with the machine tool direct and talk to the machine tool here back in uh, back in the office at middle March, or indeed send that information direct into the factory. So one particular case where we had very very strict lockdown conditions, where we had four big machines installed. Um, and they needed some software updates, we just linked the machines directly into the factory, into Fronten, and it was done within about two hours, finished. So digitisation is here, and, and it's got to be used better. So things like the Messenger, where we can look at the availability of the machine. The machine is only making money when that spindle is, is making chips. It's all for chips, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's only making chips. So, you know, from that point of view, we have all that technology. We have... Um, other kinds of technology where we can look at things like WorkBlick, which is for, for maintenance routines and looking after the, um, the machines. And we can look after more than just the DMG Mori machines on that. We can go right across the board. 
uh, of anybody's machine and link in with it. And the customer can have one central portal. And then you've got things like the my DMG Mori, which is the portal we just we just launched, which uh, customers can order parts online. They can order service engineers online. They can look at all the history of their machine. They can look at their accounts. They can look at the serviceability of the machine. And it's a portal, and it's free of charge. So we know that we want to talk to our customers differently now and particularly moving on in the future. That, that, you see, that's a key point, isn't it? You, you speak to a lot of people on the shop floor and, and they talk about the machine, how good the machine tool is. The next question that they will be going into and just sort of say, well, it's all about the service because at the end of the day, if that spindle's not turning, you know, you've got to get that service engineer out. And, and that's one thing you've pride yourself on here, Steve, isn't it? You've got a very large service department that, that yeah. has been quite active hasn't it in challenging times locations to, to help these people yeah it's been um you know when we came together as two companies there was a very different um set of rules and regulations for the dmg side as there was from the mori side and this is where actually the two companies really complemented each other you know dmg very good on sales and marketing new innovation uh, Mori very good on quality and serviceability uh, and looking after the customer. So, you know, we said at the time, let's bring the best of everything together. That's kind of nearly possible to do. But what you can do is you can pick up on certain things. And operation has been a big part of my life in this company over the last four or five years. And service is a really big part. Do we get it right every time? Not always. No, we, we, we're vulnerable just like everybody else and we make mistakes. But what we do is we learn from our mistakes and we don't do them again and we document them and we talk about it and we find solutions to it. And we look at ways of how we monitor ourselves every single day to make sure that we can give better and better service. Overall, we give a pretty good service. Yes, you'll find one or two customers every now and again will say, that wasn't very good. But that's life. Now, we don't accept that, but actually, as I said, we learn from it, we move on, we find better ways to do it. And at the moment, I'm pretty comfortable where we are. I want to turn good into great. I think it's interesting to look at your talking about um, the digitization factor and the innovation on the hardware. Every time we come here, we see, you know, or every time we might go to front and we see a new machine being innovated, something that does a little bit more than it did before, um, you know, slightly different configuration and the reasons that it's been done like this. And the innovation on the hardware never stops. But what we're saying here is alongside that, you've got this other area, the software, which is keeping pace with it too, to support the customer. So when people promote a new machine, that's all very good, but it's these other bits that make you efficient as well, isn't it? You know, that that's quite key here by the sounds of it. Yes, the overall package, Paul, without a shadow, shadow of a doubt, is the overall package. You can't just supply a piece of cast iron to a customer and expect it to, to perform as they want it. You, you work with them. Um, maybe on app side, on engineering side. Um, you know, every customer is very, very different. It's amazingly how different they all are. Um, again, I would encourage people to come here to visit Coventry. I mean, it's, um, it is, you are open for business even at the moment, Steve, aren't you? Still yes. safe, safe to come here and see some of these uh, machines that um, are out in the, uh, in the showroom. Um, talking about innovation, let's move on to our final topic here. Um, 
quite exciting one this uh, it was really really encouraged and um yeah excited to hear this from you when you told us earlier steve can you maybe tell our audience about this entry level machine offering if that's the right terminology maybe that's wrong but a new machine range that's coming to dmg mori um shortly well it could be termed as entry but it could also be termed as a, an area that we don't service at the moment in any shape or form you know if we're looking at um, a machine that is you know the cmx let's say six figure number um, and we're talking about vertical machines verti- there sorry yes there. vertical three axis vertical machining center then it's pretty much out of reach for a lot of people so we've got this this triangle we spoke about and dmg mori play in the top half of this triangle and and we serve niche at the top and general subcontract in the middle but down the bottom there's one or two companies we might service but generally speaking they don't they're, they're, they're being supplied by other companies and in the uk alone there was a thousand vertical machining centers in that size down the if you like let's call it the bottom part of the market Thousand vertical machines sold into the UK market. What's sold. this in 2019, 2018? 2019. 2019. And um, we had the wonderful, wonderful um, market share of about 1%. <laughs> Pathetic. When you consider our vert- uh, sorry, our five axis market share is in excess of 50%. 50, mm. Now, everybody's got five axes now. Mm. Everyone has a five axis machine. We still have 50% share of market share. And yet we've only got 1% of the verticals. So what is this machine? What, what are we talking about Right, here? so three-axis vertical is around 600 in the X. Um, it's a fairly straightforward machine. There's no bells and whistles to it. It just makes little bits and pieces. Uh, and we're talking a price of around about £59,000, maybe a bit of shade under that. That's, that's got to be a game-changer for you, Steve, isn't it? Because imagine the, the amount of customers that you don't talk to because you haven't got that... That, that sort of type of machine? Because I, I presume you open the door, you get your foot in, and that's where it begins. Yeah. And um, see, the concept here is is that I can't afford a DMG Mori. Well, you know, we go right across the board now. So this machine, we've got three of these machines coming in in the next couple of months into our stock. Um, I suspect they will be sold before as a finance package, to give you an idea. Um, we're talking about... Um, from month one to month six, nothing to pay, no deposits, um, so zero to pay. And then from month seven to month 60, £887 a month. That's cheaper than Paul's lunch over a month. You realise that? I know, I just went and bought his lunch today, so I know how expensive <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's right. I, I think it's quite interesting that you're, do, you're, you're bringing this to the market. Um I would, I would guess that there'll probably be a turn-in product that will follow, maybe the same, and you don't have to give away any secrets if that's... If that's uh, I think you're fairly close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can see the angle. I can see the angle. You, you have, and you do very well, as many companies we go into as ones that mark, and many, many more that we've spoken about that have the five-axis solutions. And also, they do have your, your VMCs, but not to the quantity that you would probably, probably like. Um, so it could be a very competitive uh, opportunity for you, or opportunity for the customer. Uh, I think absolutely. And it, it, and it can do one of two things. It can either feed that market where people generally have two or three axis machines mm. just dodging away, making bits. That's all they mm. want to do. That's fine. And then you get the other people that have a little bit more aspiration, put one of these in, you know, and then it generates the, the funds to go up to a, a monoblock or, or, or an NLX 2500. So it can grow our portfolio that way as well. And there's no danger here. Sometimes we'll talk to a, a machinery manufacturer and they'll be bringing out a product and they'll go, 
there's, there's a juggling act here because if I sell too many of those, it might take away sales of those. And I'm all I'm doing is all I'm doing is I'm not I'm not winning anywhere. But this isn't like that, is it? There's, no. This isn't going to steal no. a five axis sale no. from you. It's it's purely a new machine into potentially a new company. And we've got to we've got to understand how to sell it. You know, when when you sell these these lower cost machines, it's do you want it? Don't you want it? There it is. Yeah. You know, there's no big special demonstrations. There's no time studies. We just simply will do a demonstration, obviously, of the machine. Uh, and that's it. So, so you talk about this uh, diamond effect. Are, are we, sorry, triangle even. Uh, you know, is it from the point of view that you're looking globally? So this, this new machine actually fits a, a global market rather than just the UK? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, my, my, um, my opposite number in Italy saw this and he ordered 40 immediately after factory. He said, I, I, can, I can just move them, no problem at all. It kind of almost gets to internet selling. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's standard specification. There it is. So I'm probably looking to gain 10% of the market. So from 1% to 10%, it's huge jump. Mm. And I'm not greedy. That, that, that'll do me for But it's what you get. it's what you get from there, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you can, yeah. you can think... At the moment, you might not be uh, in the frame for a for a, an inquiry for a horizontal or a five axis because they've already got on a, one of your competitors' machines and they'll go straight to them. But if you if you can get your foot in the door, then that phone might ring for you as well. So it's about expanding upon those opportunities uh, too, isn't it? It's quite interesting for me though, Steve, because I do look at everything that kind of especially when um, we all travelled to Fronten earlier this year. You see some of the machines coming out of there and. As I said already, they're innovating new technologies, new ways of doing things, and it seems like a little bit of a reversal in 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 um, in mindset. This, but I see the the reason for it. But where I'm going here is there's also another machine in your showroom today, which really is going back to basics, isn't it? Almost back yes. to the tool room. So what what's the story with that? Well, we got um, we've got DMG Mori Academy, where we do we do an awful lot of training, um, particularly in mainland Europe. Um, where either the customer goes in there or we utilise it within our own organisation. And they've had in the academy for some time a manual lathe and a manual mill. It's, they're kind of semi-CNC, semi, semi -CNC, but they're, they're really great for training on. So I went to Fronten back in uh, February and they said to me, the academy said to me, well, we can release this for general sale. Um, but it can only go into tour rooms, training centres, colleges, universities, that kind of thing. And I ordered two without even getting off my chair. I just ordered them and just said, put them in the showroom. Because if you don't show them, you can't sell them. Um, I went back to talk to a customer that was actually with me at front and I said, who generally buys high spec, high, uh, lots of automation. I said, I found just the perfect machine for you, tongue in cheek, and pulled this picture out of this two axes manual lathe. And he went, I've just been looking at that. He said, um, can you get me a price? But he's got a genuine uh, requirement in his, in his um, training school. So we're not going to sell hundreds of them, but I think it's important that we've got our own apprentices here. We work quite closely with um, UK Skills. Um, we encourage people into the, into the uh, industry in general. So if we can have these in the showroom for either people to use and then to move on and sell, then... Right, it's just another string to the bow, really, isn't it, Paul? It, it yeah. was it was fascinating yeah. to see. It took me right back uh, 
right back to the days when I used to use machines like that. Um, before we conclude today, Jen said, "Yeah, was <laughs> <laughs> almost thirty-seven years." Like, yours. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Just to conclude, really, it's been a great podcast. Uh, if you're interested in DMG Mori's finance offerings that we've discussed, of course, you can find more on their website. The same with the uh, digitization and automation, and of course, the new entry level machines that are coming available and um, before we do go steve uh you are very much open for business and i know you've uh you've, you've kept your head above water very well over recent months haven't you in uh, what has been a pretty difficult time um what do you think is going to happen for the rest of 2020 um we have kept our head above water it's not been easy um I'm really thankful for a lot of the, the staff, particularly the staff working in the field in sometimes unknown conditions. Um, we haven't laid anybody off. We have no intentions of making any redundancies. We, we look to recruit people from a point of view of keeping the quality of the base going. Um, so I think that we're in a strong position because we've kept going. We're in a strong position to accept the market is moving and it's going to be moving fairly quickly. Um, we've already seen signs of that over the last uh, six weeks. Um, significant business has been coming in in our way. Um, serviceability and service is, is 75, 80% and rising every day. So that's pretty good. I think the UK market is strong. I think that we are not really supported that well by government. Um, there are obviously some good examples of catapult centres and that kind of thing, but generally speaking, manufacturing has to stand on its own two feet and that's what's made them strong. And I think that we can come out of this um, in a very, very positive situation. I believe that holidays are going to be deferred. So the traditional lull in the summer will probably not happen um, and we'll, we'll be busy. And then quarter four, which is always the busy point, particularly as you're coming up to the end of the uh, calendar of the year, which is the end of a lot of people's financial year, then I think that business will, will be fairly brisk. So I'm fairly comfortable that DMG Mori UK will finish the year on the figures that we started with at the beginning, on the forecast that we had from the beginning of the year, albeit that one quarter has been not as strong as we wanted. Um, but that's that's the strength of manufacturing, I think. That's that's not just our company. That would be a very good outcome, wouldn't it, I think, for you? I think I think for, for everybody. Everyone. Yeah, everybody. For everyone. I think that everybody in this industry needs that. And, yeah. and, and mm. I really hope that it will, it will go that way because it won't just be DMG Mori UK that benefit. Uh, a lot of I'll add to that as well because the, the list I've got from Steve to uh, uh, potentially uh, go and support and, and expose some of your customers that have actually made a big commitment. Um, you'll, you'll be doing a lot of travelling with me, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> look forward to it. Now, gentlemen, it has been fantastic. Steve, thank you very much for your time here today. Now, we're going to go off now and make a cup of tea in a different way. We're going to go and use a microwave and a, <laughs> uh, put the tea bag in last. Yeah, yeah. yeah won't work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. That's been it. Uh, that's it for this week's MTD podcast. Join us again same time next week. We'll be joined by another industry guest. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.